scripture reading continues with Luke 2, verses 41 through 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all of these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Merry Christmas. It is lovely to be with you on this first Sunday after Christmas. Our time of Advent waiting and journeying with Mary through her pregnancy is complete for another year. Jesus Christ is born. The time came for Mary to be delivered, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapping him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger for a resting place. We have experienced Mary's Magnificat, the song of praise, this Advent season through word and song and dramatic presentation as we prepared for the babe in Mary's womb to be born. And now, he is born. The angels have appeared to the shepherds, singing praises of peace and glory, proclaiming the good news of Jesus' birth. The shepherds have seen the baby and give witness to all they meet of the news of the birth of the one promised of old, the Messiah. And Mary, the mother of God, is left to ponder all these words in her heart. Like many first-time parents, I imagine Mary and Joseph were wondering, what do we do now? What's next? <laughs> How do we care for this baby? Our son, God's son, the savior of the world. 
In her Magnificat, Mary proclaimed the glory of God who lifts up the lowly, who scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, who upends established systems and structures of power that benefit a privileged few and oppress others, who fills the hungry with good things as God promised from the time of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar through all generations. Mary's song is a song of joy and praise, of awe and wonder that sings in Mary's heart as she ponders all these words and wonders what is next. And I imagine in Joseph's heart as well, he's in on that story too. And here we are with Mary and Joseph on the day after Christmas, with the carols of angels' song and shepherds' praise ringing in our ears and on our phones and in our homes. And yet, night comes, the next day comes, Mary needs to sleep, Jesus needs to nurse, maybe Joseph changes some swaddling clothes and gets something for Mary to eat. How do we keep the awe and wonder, the glory and mystery of Christ? God incarnate has vulnerability, neediness, lowliness. How do we keep this wonder as deep treasure in our hearts while we tend to the business of daily living? This morning's scripture passages from the Gospel writer of Luke continue where Luke's Christmas story left off. Mary and Joseph tend to the business of being faithful followers of God's covenant with Israel as they care for baby Jesus. They bring Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem for his naming, dedication, and circumcision. And in the temple, we hear more songs of praise and thanksgiving. Luke tells us the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon and names Anna a prophet, one who shares God's word with all who will listen. Upon Jesus' presentation in the temple, in Simeon's response, we are reminded of who Jesus is salvation of God, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, that's all of us who don't have Jewish heritage, and glory for the people Israel, and that takes care of the rest of humankind. We, like Jesus' parents, are amazed again at Christ coming among us, of Emmanuel, God with us. We remember Simeon's song as the Nunc Dimittis, Latin for the opening words. In our Glory to God hymnal, we have a hymn version that includes the whole community. We know it by its first line, Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. 
Luke also reports Anna's enthusiastic proclamation of the one who is promised. We can imagine Anna's song echoing Mary's Magnificent and Hannah's exultation in ancient scripture, a song of one who brings righteousness and justice, who right-sides the world, especially on behalf of the lowly, forgotten, and overlooked members of the community. And so, with the songs of Simeon and Anna ringing in their ears, Mary and Joseph returned home to get on with the joy of raising their child. Our second passage from Luke's Gospel this morning is the only scripture story we have about Jesus as a child. Luke tells us that after his dedication in the temple, Jesus grew and became strong, filled with the wisdom and the favor of God upon him. Knowing that God consistently chooses the unlikely, the unwilling, the under-equipped, the less-than-line-towing to be the bearers of God's covenant in Hebrew scriptures. I am not sure that we can read with any certainty into this scripture how well-behaved Jesus may have been as a child. I don't think Luke is telling us here that Jesus was saintly in his childhood, simply that the Holy Spirit continued to dwell with him, in him, to grow in him as he matured. Luke brings us two stories of Jesus after his birth. The first was his dedication in the temple at eight days old. The second happens when Jesus is 12 years old. Joseph, Mary, and the family travel to Jerusalem for the Passover, as is their custom as faithful Jews. I imagine they told the stories of God at work in their heritage, the stories of God's faithfulness in their people's history. I imagine they sang songs at home, and as they traveled up to Jerusalem each year, they were stories and scriptures Jesus knew well. I hope the wonder and amazement of Gabriel's annunciations to Mary and Joseph lingered in their telling and retelling of the ancient stories. I imagine Mary recounted the Magnificat as they celebrated Jesus' birthday year after year. I believe their lives of faith continue to unfold as Jesus' life unfolded. I am sure they wondered how God would continue to move in his life. We see from Luke's gospel that Jesus knew his scripture well. He lingered in the temple listening to and questioning the teachers there when it was time to go home after the Passover festival was complete. 
When Mary and Joseph went back to find him, there he was. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Now Mary had sharp words for him, born out of her anxiety and worry after looking for him for three days. What are you doing here? In Jesus' response, Luke foreshadows Jesus' public ministry of teaching and preaching, of opening the scriptures and helping people see what God's reign looks like. He said, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Or in other versions of the Bible, Jesus replies, I must be about my father's business. As they traveled home, Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and years, in divine and human favor. Wondering and pondering marked life with Jesus after the shepherds went home, after Simeon and Anna proclaimed the promise of the Messiah accomplished in Jesus in the temple. It seems likely that Mary's song of God's righteousness and justice rang through their lives as Jesus grew into his public ministry. And the question stands for us still, as it did for Mary and Joseph on that day after Christmas, the very first one. What do we do now? Christmas has come another year. We celebrate again the birth of Jesus. The advent of Christ is breaking in right here, right now, and until the end of time. What's next for us? How do we keep the song of Christmas singing in our hearts, in our lives? What does it mean that Christ is born today? In his book, Sacred Earth, Sacred Soul, John Philip Newell writes, that in the Celtic world, Christ is viewed not as coming to reveal a foreign truth, but to disclose the deepest truth of our being. The word revelation is derived from the Latin revelare, which means to lift the veil. Christ is viewed as lifting the veil that we may see again who we are, made of God, and that we may know again the sacred essence of the earth and everything that has being. The birth of Jesus is an opportunity to remember again that we bear God in our being, that we reveal Christ to the world in our living. We 
like Mary, our bearers of God in our world. We sing with Mary of how God turns the world right side up. We share in the shepherd's proclamation. We sing glory and peace with the angels. We wonder and stand in amazement. But we don't just go home on the day after. We know that God's song of justice and righteousness rings through the generations. And it is not finished until all of the lowly are lifted up. All of the hungry are filled with good things. All of the needy are raised up and wickedness is gone from the face of the earth, as Hannah sang. What is your song of Christmas? How will you bear God in the world in the unfolding days to come? How will you share the birth of Christ in the world? Will you continue to respond to Christ's presence in our world in the ways you have before? Or are you called into a new song? Will you continue to participate in the same ways and the ministries of this community as you have before? Or is your song changing as your life changes, as our world changes? How do you live the truth of your sacred being? How do you live your wonder at God's presence in Christ? How do you treasure what you have seen and heard of God at work in our world? What songs do you sing to yourself and others about holiness, sacredness, vulnerability, lowliness, awe and glory? What music do you hold deep in your heart? What music sustains you as you move through this world where God is found among the lowly? where Christ is filling the hungry with good things. How do you treasure Christ in creation? How do you celebrate the sacredness of every being? Here we are, the day after Christmas. Perhaps with Mary and Joseph we do wonder what do we do now? What's next? Perhaps with Mary and Joseph, we tend to the ordinary work of life with a touch of awe and wonder. Perhaps in our hearts, we carry a song of Christmas, of wonder, of glory, vulnerability, of lowliness, of a world right-sided, of 
Emmanuel. God with us is a song we can sing every day. A song that rings from the beginning of time through all generations. So perhaps as we move through Christmas tide and into a new calendar year, we can sing with African-American mystic scholar and poet Howard Thurman in the words of his poem, inspired by his song, When the Song of Angels is Stilled. And it reads like this. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. The day after Christmas, the work of Christmas begins. Let the song of your heart sing God's righteousness and justice. Let your heart sing of the presence of the Holy Spirit in all humankind and in all of creation. And may the music of your heart lead you to join with Christ among the lost, the broken, the hungry, the prisoner, the nations, in right-siding the world. Glory to God and peace on earth.